Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Hello, listeners of the Calvary Cast. Welcome in to episode 49. 49. Almost 50. Almost 50. We're almost there. I'm a a math expert, so I caught that really quick. It's because you weren't homeschooled. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So we, well, oh, should we talk about your math incentives while you're bringing up math? Oh, how I offered, bribed my son for trying to get good grades. I've always done that with my kids. After uh, after this podcast, we're going to do a podcast on parenting and bribery. Right. (laughs) So I offered Wyatt. $30 $30 if he would get an A on his Algebra 2 test. Man. And of course I'm doing that because I want him to try. And um, and he is, you know, largely like me when I was in high school and he views high school as something that should have been done three or four years ago and he wants to move on with life. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, I want him to do well in this. Offered him $30. So he sent me a text today and it sh- it was a snapshot of his test score, 44 out of 50. And in the text, he said, see, I'll take my $30 now. Well, cor- apparently they didn't tell him how to do division or find percentages. Cause Wait, I did the yeah, oh, that's another problem, actually. <laughs> think about. Wait, he, he does it, and he's like, I got an A. So I did the division. Of course, that's 88% if I did it correctly, and yeah. I think I did. That's 88%, which is a high B. Yeah. And I said, oh, man, sorry, dude. That's an awesome grade. I'm really happy that you got a high B on your Algebra 2 test, but it's not an A. And so he's not happy about that. The lesson from the math test bribery is... Uh, that he still didn't really actually learn any math <laughs> because <laughs> right, he couldn't right. do the math to determine his grade. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Wyatt, if you're listening to that. So Yeah, well, we'll see what we can do. Improve. I was asking you if I should go. Yeah. If, if, do you, do you, a, if I should have been $30 for an A, 15 for a B. Yeah. Maybe just to keep him incentivized. Yeah, exactly. I Yeah, I, I don't have an answer. So, uh, listeners, we need your help. Pastor Jess needs to know. <laughs> should he give him 15 bucks <laughs> for his B to incentivize him to try and get the A? Yeah. This will be one way to see if anybody's listening. Bees get degrees. Because we actually may get, they do. So do C's. And actually, and D's do. too, yeah. <laughs> I know. D's do too. I only got one D in a class, and it was Greek. So, yeah. Wow. Well, we are back. This episode's been like six weeks in the making almost, it seems like, because we didn't know what we wanted to talk about, and then we couldn't get a time where we wanted to talk about it, or we were too busy, and... But for the record, we have a whole list of them now. We do. We have a whole list. So hopefully now we and we have a time that we're going to set aside each week to yep. record these podcasts for all of you, our loyal Calvary Castites. Right. The ones that have been anxiously checking every, every day. Every day. Updating feed. Yeah, updating they, they feed. They keep swiping ah, down. Swiping yeah. down and it never shows up. Well, right, right. Wednesday is your lucky day and this is going to be music to your ears. That's right. So we are going to talk about 2 Timothy chapter 2. Okay. And uh, for the record, we're not entirely sure where this conversation is going to go. <laughs> but there are some interesting things that came up a couple weeks ago. We're like, hey, let's let's talk about that in a pod- podcast. And then we sit down to discuss it, and we're still not sure. There, we'll just talk about it and see what happens, and hopefully people right. will well, be Well, let's helped. read the... Uh What is it? Let me do my math. 12 verses here, is it? (laughs) 14 to 26. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So 2 Timothy 2, 14. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. 
But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with all those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Now, let me set this up where this came from, okay? Because a couple weeks ago I was preaching on repentance from... Matthew Matthew chapter 3 and the ministry of John the Baptist. And I was arguing that, well, I wasn't arguing. (laughs) You were quarreling. I was quarreling (laughs) from the pulpit. No, I was just presenting (laughs) the fact that we largely inherited the same mission and message of John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think that's true. Mm -hmm. We know the Lord's going to return and the kingdom is coming and our mission is to prepare people for it by preaching and telling them to repent and then in a distinction from John the Baptist not just pointing forward to Christ and who what he would do but now with this full understanding of the gospel after the cross and resurrection calling people to repent trust in him so they can have a place in his forever mm-hmm. kingdom right right so when we started talking about repentance uh, this verse came to my mind as I was preparing that message in teaching that repentance itself, we need to remind ourselves that repentance is a gift from God. In other words, true repentance has to be worked into the heart as a spirit convicts someone of sin and then points them into the right direction and works that repentant uh, disposition change. and change in them, right? Yeah. Because repentance means to change one mi- one's mind with leading to a change of behavior. And God works in us, Philippians says, uh, Paul said in Philippians, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I was that was my whole purpose, is like when you're working with somebody who is um, um, antagonistic towards the gospel or living in sin mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're wanting to call them to repentance, that you need to have this kind of attitude, right. which was an attitude of gentleness. Right. Because... Like Paul told Timothy, when you have an opposition, Timothy, he's the pastor there, and he's going to experience opposition from false teachers and others like Hymenaeus and Philetus. How is he to respond to them? With gentleness. Correct them with gentleness because God may give them repentance Mm. leading to a knowledge of the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of sprung into the conversation we're having about this. Right, this passage. Right. Yeah. And so that's where we're, where we were kind of headed with that, and even thinking about it in the context of church life itself, yes. right? And a few other things from this passage mm-hmm. grabbed our attention. Yes, yeah. So the one thing, as you're reading through that, and maybe we can, this will just kind of be a little bit of 
of Bible study for our listeners. What's the theme of this passage? What is what is Paul writing to Timothy? Like, what's his main point? Any thoughts? Right. In this particular passage, mm-hmm. I think he's, well, in all of Second Timothy, right, isn't he writing to Timothy to encourage him? I think so. In like his ministry. In chapter 2, verse 1, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Right. And then there's the ad- admonition to continue to preach mm-hmm. and to teach other men who will also be able to to teach others. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this uh, four times in the first 14, there's an encouragement where he's reminding him or uh, instructing him to teach others or in verse 14 or verse eight, remember Jesus Christ and remember the gospel, remember all these things. So yeah, that's definitely a letter of encouragement. So maybe what he's doing here is he, he is encouraging him to, to a certain attitude. Mm hmm. In, in how he speaks, uh, especially towards those who'd be presenting an opposition to the gospel. Right. Or perhaps, you know, it seems like from verses 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, there was some theological conflict in the church where these two men, Hymenaeus and Philetus, were uh, s- preaching a false gospel of some sort. And so he was uh, encouraged as to how he would handle that situation. Exactly, yeah. And I think Timothy was facing all of the problems that you would face in pastoral ministry. But in addition to that, Ephesus had some significant issues. Yeah. And it seems like, especially beginning like in verse 14 and running through verse 26, it really was um, a lot of quarreling going on. As a matter of fact, that word was used several times mm-hmm. about quarreling. So there's the, the word in verse 14, not to quarrel about words. Yeah. Uh, and then it keeps going down, and it's a, a, a couple of times. Um, verse 24, you must not be quarrelsome. So, and there was one other, and I can't see it right now as I was in there. If you see uh, it, let me 24, know. where are you saying... Uh, or 25. Oh, yeah. No, 23 at the editorial. Uh, the have nothing to do with foolish oh, yeah, yeah. controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Okay, so what does quarrel mean? That It's a verbal fight. Yeah. Yeah. As so you're putting f- up your verbal dukes. That's right. Yeah, it's an actual fight with words. Knock down, drag out. Yeah. Yep. So just thinking about how he uses quarreling in this passage. So in verse 14, he says, Remind so or instruct Timothy. Instruct people in your church not to quarrel about words, and that word means the splitting of hairs, right? Yeah, like really, like a um, yeah, the splitting of hairs over particular, maybe minor doctrinal issues. Doctrinal issues, yeah. or or um, you know, in First Timothy, he the the problem going on there in Ephesus was that they were giving themselves to genealogies yeah. and myths. Uh, myths and these types of things. So they. They love to, seems like they, they, he had a lot of people in that church that liked to bring those little things up mm-hmm. and just argue about mm-hmm. them and literally f- become fights, right. you know, um, verbal fights over this stuff. Uh, so, like, maybe things are more speculative or sensational. Right. Those things creep into the church. Yeah. Uh, you know, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. And I th- so, so, really, what we could see is, like, he, like you said, the general attitude he's telling Timothy to have is the same attitude Timothy's supposed to instruct the church to have. Yes. That God doesn't want a quarreling church, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't right. want the church verbally fighting over everything and debating these things mm-hmm. to the extent that it's 
sinful yes. debating. Because in the church body, you're going to have points of doctrine and personal convictions that not everybody's going to share. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so if you're one of these quarrelsome people, you're ready to fight mm. over... Um, your doctrinal your position. particular positions yeah yeah well and it, and it's interesting because then he goes into why we shouldn't do that so don't quarrel about words in verse verse 14 which does no good what does it do it only ruins the hearers right and so maybe the the idea is you know i i often say nobody's ever been converted to an opinion based on a fate of facebook argument you know have you ever had a facebook you you're scream you're you're quarreling mm-hmm. with somebody on facebook nobody's ever converted by that right is the same thing true with a verbal fight over a like a secondary third level theological issue where you're just like vehemently fighting with another person over it. just your attitude alone will not convert anybody to your position that's right yeah is that what he's saying yeah and actually it seems when you get in a fight with somebody they're defensive now so yeah. they're fighting back exactly okay, so now really is anybody even listening? <laughs> it's, it's gone against its intended yeah. purpose. Yeah. But yeah. maybe a good application of this too would be with social media. Yeah. Like, are you a quarrelsome person on social media? Yeah. And I know I've fallen into the trap. I have mm-hmm. done it myself. Mm-hmm. So sometimes somebody puts something out there, you look at it, you you wrestle with it, and mm-hmm. then you take the bait and you post something, yep. and then it's a, the, the verbal jab, <laughs> and then they take the verbal jab back, and it just keeps going. Back and it and keeps forth. going. It does. It ruins the hearers, and it's it's useless. Yeah, nobody ever is converted by that. Um. So that's I guess reason number one not to quarrel. It ruins the hearers. It does no good. Um. In I guess the response to that in verse 15 then, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So I guess if you're a quarrelsome person, uh, you're not an approved worker of God, and you have reason to be ashamed, right? If if your means of defending your theological position is a verbal fight, are you not, like, is the Lord pleased with that? Is that is that right. the point he's making? Yeah. Well, in that verse, yeah. So the point he's making to Timothy, of course, is uh, the idea of making sure you can you can rightly handle the word of truth. Yeah. Right? So you're dividing up rightly. But yeah, if you connect it to verse fourteen, also that idea of do your best to present yourself to one as God approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. A quarrelsome person would not fit yeah, that. Would bill. not fit that. Fit that. And then. Um, Maybe perhaps in verse sixteen, a way to avoid quarrelsome, avoid irreverent battle, a babble battle, um, for it will only lead people into more and more ungodliness. So maybe another form of quarrelsome or just useless talk in the church that that is not helpful. Uh, yeah. Is this a reverent babble? Or especially um, in this context too, as well, the idea of false teaching. Yeah, because here were these guys, the example he's given of your reverend babel was that they were um teaching that the uh the resurrection had already passed mm-hmm. right and you know we get some of that like you in our at our church we get emails and letters sent to us sometimes <laughs> from people who there's no other way to say we what should they're do a saying. podcast just on the and weird just read some of those things yeah, yeah of it just irreverent babble about these i could find that people one that I showed who are you yesterday yeah, exactly. We should start collecting those to keep them here because these are people <laughs> that will send us stuff, especially about end times things, where they think they've seen something, mm-hmm. 
and God has shown them yeah. things and told them all this, and it is nothing more than irreverent yep. babble yep. that unfortunately some yes. uh, people buy into it. And their faith is upset. Yeah. And, yeah. and Paul tells Timothy, I have nothing to do with right. this nonsense. Yep. It just leads people into ungodliness. So is verse 19 then, is that the encouragement of those whose faith has been upset? So some people hear this irreverent babble, and so Paul's encouragement to Timothy is, hey, you've got sheep in your flock that have been discouraged by the teaching of Hymenaeus and Philetus or whatever his name is. Rather, encourage them this. God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Uh, The Lord knows you. You belong to him. And here's your instruction. Let everyone who names the Lord, the name of the Lord, depart from iniquity. Right. And, you you know, staying away from those men who are clearly driven by iniquity, Hymenaeus and Philetus. Yeah. So even in, so here again, like just a Paul's pastoral heart towards Timothy and the pastoral heart Timothy was to, how he was to encourage those who were being led astray by these false teachers. Yeah. And can I just mention something in this too? Like this is what one of the reasons a passage like this is good. And if we zoom out for a minute, and just think mm-hmm. about all these things that Paul's telling him to be careful of, remind people about, do all these things. Is that the church has been from the very beginning a very messy place? Mm. So within the church, you've got people tempted, yeah. if not outright quarreling about words. That's why he's like, remind them not to, because they will. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, telling them to uh, avoid the Hymenaeus and Philetuses in whatever form they show up in, right? Um, Warning them in verse 22 to flee youthful passions and pursue certain things and uh, avoid the ignorant controversies, the quarreling, all that kind of thing just shows that the church itself is going to be a mm. messy place. And I think Timothy needed to that constant reminder yeah. because he was becoming discouraged. And it's like, be strengthened by the graces in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, stir up the gift God had given you. Yeah. Um, and uh, God's not given us a spirit of timidity, but a power, love, and a sou- uh, sound mind from chapter one. Mm. And so it, letters like these really help people that, because we're always promoting people to be part of the church. Mm-hmm. They're they're really helping us um, come to grips with the imperfections of the church yeah. and being ready for it. And how do we respond when these things happen? Cause they're going to yeah. happen. And, and that's very helpful to people. A lot of times I've heard people mm. say, you know, I, and I've thought it myself, to be honest at times, um, either something, something along the lines of if the church weren't a part of my life, my life would be much less complicated. Mm. Okay. Or, um, you know, I get along more with uh, people outside people the outside the church yeah. than here. Uh, all those kinds of things, and and it's like uh, that drives people away from the church. Mm. But the reality is, the church is a messy place filled with sinners, like everywhere yeah. else. And the more you get involved in it, the more you will see that. Yeah. And yet, this is the way God has designed mm. it. And he, Timothy is not encouraged anywhere to flee from the no. church, <laughs> no, or to disengage yeah. from hostile people, or to not involve himself in the quarrels and throw up his hands and say, "Oh, whatever, they'll yeah. let them bicker." It, it's it's that uh, you do this by the grace and strength of Jesus, and for the love of His people, yeah. and because of the gospel. Yeah. Well, okay, so with that, that's a really good segue into verse 22. What are you to flee? You know, not the situation 
not uh, uh, well, you're flee the quarreling, but he says, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So, quarreling, um, different things like that, are not the righteousness, faith, love, and peace uh, that flows from a pure heart right. of those who belong to the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then verse twenty three, he gets into to what we're not to do, have anything to do with foolish, ignorant controversies because they breed quarrels. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've already touched on some of those, what yeah. those things might be. Yeah. And within the church to remember, again, let's reiterate this, that there will be differences of opinion. Right. There can be hot button topics. Um, and these controversies, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be over those things or even things that are happening out in the culture and society, uh, we see it now with things like masks or uh vaccination mm-hmm. opinions mm-hmm. or you know these that really they just breed quarrels yeah. and uh, it's almost as though verse 23 it's like have nothing to do with these things yeah. you know it's they're going to breed quarrels does it is that saying that you shouldn't have an opinion on a hot button topic or is it talking about the attitude with which you hold your opinion yeah maybe more the attitude right that you mm-hmm. hold your opinion because everybody can have an opinion right. on these things but he now, depending on what he means here by foolish, ignorant controversies, to have nothing to do with those mm. things. I'm not saying that those issues aren't that we've mentioned right. are necessarily foolish, ignorant right. controversies. But can't they become that? They can be, I think, and I think again um, because they take a higher prominence in our thinking and our uh, judgment. All you know, we we place way too much emphasis on a masking issue mm-hmm. or. Um, but there are foolish, ignorant controversies that people should have nothing to do with. Yeah. Like, could I say QAnon? Do you know QAnon? Have you followed I, I'm aware of it, yeah. I think that's a foolish, ignorant controversy that we should have nothing right. to do with. Right, sure. Yeah, that might be that might be a better example yeah. of what we would be talking about here. Um, so, so have nothing to do with those things, but yet that doesn't mean you can't have opinions, but yet because I guess I have an opinion on QAnon mm-hmm. and it should have nothing to do right, with it. Right, right. <laughs> but this is, the idea is that the church is not to be a place quarrelsome people. Uh, breeding these quarrels, yeah. ignorant controversies and, and these kinds of things that are really detrimental to the reputation of the gospel. So, verse 24, he's dealing more so, we would say, with the, with the pastor, mm-hmm. probably with Timothy, mm-hmm. the Lord's servant, but yet, at the same time, all calls to like the office of elder or anything like that or that's just general christian <laughs> living all christians should be attaining to those things so i think for for a pastor especially but for all people within the church must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone i think that's interesting because i think he's saying and like we've already talked about if a quarrelsome if a quarrel is a verbal fight that's not kindness at all so it's it's a form of unkindness to to fight with everyone so kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Right. So the opposite of a quarrelsome person is a gentle, kind, patient mm-hmm. person. Yeah, and that's not a spineless person or mm-hmm. a person with no opinion, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, that's not a person that's absent of speaking their mm-hmm. particular point of view, mm-hmm. but that attitude of what with which you're doing it. And if you're dealing with a person who is an unbeliever, 
Yeah. And again, that's where we started with right. this. If you're dealing with someone that's unbeliever or they are uh, like Hymenaeus and Pilatus, they're heretical. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way you respond to them is important, keeping in mind that God may grant them yeah. repentance because that's really what they need. If this you, isn't somebody that just disagrees yeah. with you. We, we should really say right. that. Like yeah. It's not just somebody that has a a reasonable view of something right. that is different than yours. We're talking about heretical right. people here. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so never mind. I guess it, it must have been a lie. It was. That's what my grandma that, used to say. Is that what it is? If no. you forget, it's, my, it must have been My a lie. brain is just uh, pittering out, so... Or you have some form of I might have a something. tumor. Yeah, it's not a tumor. No. <laughs> I think that probably means we're probably should be about done with the podcast. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. Is that, that's what it is. Well, anything else that you have to say on this? No, I think we've covered it. I mean, um, and really got through those main things that really sparked this in us. Right. You know, the, yep. the, the desire to talk about the idea of gentleness among the people of God. Yeah. And um, oh, now I remember what I was going to say. Oh. Well, going back to this will just this fits in with that. But again, if you've ever had an argumentative fight with somebody over the quarrelsome kind, mm-hmm. you walk away feeling like garbage. Yeah. Usually, that's or, right. I, I hope you do. Um, and so the opposite of that though, is if you're, you're in a heated debate with somebody's angry at you over the position that you're holding or cause you're correcting their false teaching or whatever, when you can deal with them in a gentle, patient, kind way, like you, you're not ashamed of anything. You're, right. I, I've, I've done what's right. I've pleased the Lord in my response sure. and he's, he may grant them repentance. So that's important because you could be totally right. Mm-hmm and say it in the wrong way mm-hmm. and you were yeah, wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right? Isn't exactly. that kind of what he's saying yep. to him? Like you may be right in what you're saying. Yeah. But you saying it in a wrong way mm-hmm. uh, and not with that gentleness and especially with dealing with unbelievers or um, uh, people living in sin yeah. or family members mm-hmm. or whatever, that's where the, sometimes these become real heated, yes. um, angry yeah. word battles. The phrase that comes to mind is winsomeness. Can we be winsome people in conversations like this? That's, I, and that that's just, a very that's, Englishman <laughs> term. <laughs> well, I'm very, I'm married to an English lady. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, well, she part not really, but lived in England. How many years does she live there? Uh, t- ten. Okay, just Something enough like to have that. English obnoxiousism. <laughs> Are you going to call my wife obnoxious? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wowzers, let's quarrel. <laughs> let's quarrel. <laughs> I tease her about her uh, time in England. I, I always say that she's a foreign babe. Mm-hmm. I married a foreign right. babe. Right. And just like that, we are done. We have nothing more to add to this podcast. Nothing profitable. Now it is just babble. <clears throat> that it is, is ignorant babble. So we should shut it off. There you go. Well, this has been a fun discussion for us. Hopefully it's been enjoyable or helpful for you to listen. Uh, we always love hearing from you. So email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're part of our church, uh, you can give us a call, shoot us a text, or visit with us in person. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. And Jess also needs to know, uh, should he pay Wyatt $15 for his B? So reach out to us there. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time. <laughs>